2: welcome to goalie science the podcast about goaltending uh, science Jamie, uh this week is sponsored by jamie phillips's patreon and jamie phillips being back today everyone i'm ben Cernic, and this week you're not stuck listening to just me jamie is back yeah
0: glad to be back um feedback was was mixed bag for just mm-hmm. just the ben Cernic, uh but to be fair those were people messaging me so it's probably very heavily biased whereas people already follow me on instagram um Good to be back. Uh, Pretty bummed out we're not going to be able to get together and record an in-person pod. Uh, Ben is probably the second busiest person I know behind myself. And I am fortunate to have a week off of school. Not a week off of work, but a week off of school. So I am back in the true north, strong and free, 11 hours south of where I normally live. (laughs) So people are like, oh, you're going down south to school? I go, I am going very far north. Yeah, that was in the, uh,
2: back in Caledonia. Caledonia, Ontario. Home of two, two professional goalies. Cam Talbot was Camp Cam Talbot.
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then myself, and then there's been a couple pros. Uh, there was a pro goalie way back in the day, something Edwards. Mm-hmm. This would have
2: been back in like the 60s or 70s. Um, so three pro goalies. So far. Like a place where there's like 12 people on a good day it's at california is booming now because nobody can afford to live in hamilton (laughs) and so uh
0: the amount of like housing complexes that are popping up in this area is actually astronomical and they're like you know i come home maybe once twice a year if i'm lucky um it does it never
2: like looks the same so it's 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 pretty crazy how much it's blowing up Yeah, and that's talking Ontario housing with Jamie and Ben. Uh, Moving on to our actual most important topic of the day. Is Sergei Bobrovsky back in Vesna form, Jamie?
0: Well, no, because you (laughs) have to be consistent throughout the entire year. But is Sergei Bobrovsky playing as well as he's expected to play right now? I think he's exceeding expectations. Uh, Bobrovsky is a very, very good goalie, always has been. Uh, like you have said before and like people joke about if you pay someone 10 million dollars with no state income tax and send them to south florida it is only a matter of time before they just mail it in all day uh, so he has not been playing well in the last two years in the regular season now he he's always sort of found his game in playoffs but he is definitely um definitely playing well we we're recording this on sunday may 7th so the Leafs are playing in two hours, or no, one hour, one hour, one yeah. hour, and um, I'm excited to watch him play because, I, as I was telling a goalie parent today, when I was, I had a, I had a private session and I just said I just like watching, just watching good goalies. Like see, I just love why it's just so nice to watch. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I think the thing I had this conversation with a few parents. I was, I was talking uh, to some of our goalies on the ice this morning is. It's refreshing to watch Bobrovsky, who is arguably arguably the best skating goalie of our generation. Top three, top four probably. Yeah, like one of the best ones. It's refreshing to watch just how long he stays on his feet. Like, I know that doesn't... I know that shouldn't sound like something to be impressed by, but his transitions in and out of posts, how often when the puck goes high to low that he just stays on his feet and doesn't immediately RBH. Like, I know that gets the... uh the old-timey media is super excited to see uh, on, on yeah. RBH. At the same time, like, anyone, go watch Sergei Vabrowski practice clips, and that is how you should want to learn how to play around your posts when he's down, too. But
0: Except, don't, don't go skate on posts because I have a video that I've actually edited and I just haven't posted for, like, four weeks. But why I don't like skating on posts and a couple of the goals against are Sergei Vabrowski giving up wraparound goals because he's going skating on posts. But it's good continue time. Yeah, he okay so <laughs> this i don't even know what we're talking about this podcast we had a bunch of different ideas but okay so here bad, i need i need your opinion and i know don't take my side just because we're we're friends um i i had a goalie junior goalie good goalie junior a level will be playing college hockey um we were talking technique and he was going to skate on post so i asked him like why and he, his reasoning was his goalie coach says that you, you get a better push off the post. And I go, yeah, you do. You 100% do. But my reasoning is what is the purpose of the RVH to seal the short side? So if there's a four inch gap between your foot and the post, is it a tight, is it are you seeing the short side? He goes, no. And I go, if you have to reach four extra inches with your hips, knees and shoulders, is that good long term for your health if already the RVH isn't great and you have bad hips and knees? And he goes well, no. And he said, but his goalie says the amount of time. His goalie coach said the amount of times that you are going to give up that short side pad goal doesn't make it worth it for the as the speed you get for the power you get when you push off the post. And for me, I said, I you can learn to push off your toe bridge really hard. Uh, in fact, I can push. I could push off the toe bridge equally as hard as I could push off with my skate. Maybe I was just really weak, but I would rather a goalie learn how to do push off the post with a toe bridge and you know maybe give up a backdoor goal every now and then in the rvh than to give up a short side little flip goal or wraparound because when i pre-scout i see goalies do skate on post i put that in my pre-scout also when i do goalie coaching and or if i'm playing those scrimmages i score at least two goals a game by just saucing it into that spot because you cannot move it in there so what is your opinion on the toe
2: lock versus skate on post so like, I it, this is a really concise answer. I think that the toe lock is better, straight up. I think you can use the skate sometimes. Like I think it's just there's situations where you can go skate on post and it's fine.
0: Yeah, and the thing is like it's, if the if the shot is like almost definitely not coming short side, then you can go skate on post. But if you're entering the R V H or the guy's in like a low drive or like a wraparound, around, you gotta get your toe lock on.
2: Yeah, and it just gonna get short. <laughs> yeah, I think like the simplest So this is a bit of a weird one, but I sometimes like using skate on post as like an introduction to post mechanics for your younger goalies. Bear with me here. Bear with me. Um not everyone, Jamie, uh, wears equipment that always allows them at younger ages. And you shouldn't be teaching like little kids RBHs, so no one no one get upset should not be teaching nine-year-olds rvhs they do need to know how to go down in the post though so be aware of that there's a difference there um but sometimes younger kids are and don't have a, a toe bridge lockable pad um, that is some sometimes how, yeah that is probably true right so sometimes it's just like yeah and sometimes it's okay to teach skate on post as an introduction um one thing i find from a, this is a we're really side tangenting here but one thing i find yeah, uh, yeah is that when we teach younger goalies sliding into the post um, or, or post plays in general is I find a lot of goalies sometimes get really far into their net. Like I'm talking like their knee stack is what's above the goal line when they're sliding into the post. And you might be a long time since you work worked with goalies that are that young, Jamie, but I work with those. Uh, well, since I've
0: been home, I've been working with a lot of young goalies. It's ranging from nine to... Yeah. Well, up to, I guess, older goalies again. But... Uh, so... Let's long, get back
2: long and short, short. Long and short. Uh, is Bobrovsky back? Ben, I mean, he's just like playing. He's playing like he actually cares. Um, I think this is something that we always talk about too, and and a reality of this is that Rabrowski signs in Florida. Florida drafts Spencer Knight. I don't know what the timeline is on that, but it's really close together, right? Like the the because Rabrowski had that season in Columbus where they upset Tampa Bay and science in Florida that's right it's 22 so the timeline lines up almost perfectly for them being one year apart in one of those orders or same year right and so I think inevitably if you're Sergei Bobrovsky you're in your early 30s when you sign in Florida on a huge deal lots of money I think there's some part of you that's like okay it's you know go to Florida I've worked you've they worked really hard in the NHL to get to that point and you kind of take your foot off the gas and and you have Spencer Knight coming in, who's supposed to be, again, like one of the the young goalies of that kind of age group, age range. And really he has been, like, obviously this year has been hard for him. And we hope he's doing well. But, like, he's obviously a very good goalie. So I think that situation, we always talk about how dynamics and environments and also team environments suit different goalies. Like, Florida is, or it has been for the past couple of years, like a very rush-heavy team, right? Mm-hmm. And Bobrovsky... Um, as again, good of a skater and as athletic, athletic, as athletic as he can be, like his game is. He's an amazing in zone goaltender, right? When the game slows down, that's when he shines. So like what we've seen in this floor in this Florida-Toronto series is Toronto trying to set up in zone and, and keep sustained pressure. And he's just when he can just keep his movement small and crisp, like he's excellent. And so i think toronto is currently playing into or getting their chances and i mean like you're trying to get chances but playing into where Bobrovsky is best so we talk about goalie environment this is a, the environment where he thrives in right mm-hmm. so like if i'm toronto i'm thinking okay how do we generate more rush offense but the problem of that is in, when you get more rush offense you give up more rush offense and florida's a great rush team and now we have quite a predicament yeah that is true Although, Bob has been
0: pretty solid off the rush. And going back to what you're talking about, him staying on his feet, um, you kind of tell when a goalie's dialed, when shots are being taken through defenseman's legs from, like, the high circles, and someone is standing up and making saves with their hands. Oh, he's, like, he's been ridiculous on those. That usually tells me, like, okay, this guy is really watching the clock. Not that you have to stay up, but just doing it is, like,
2: is an indicator okay this guy sees is, is, is seeing it for sure and we've seen a lot of goals in this playoff so far of like one person d screens like not even big screens but just shots beating goalies from like top circle through a defenseman because they're not seeing anything at all yeah um and admittedly like yes that's a hard save yes jamie and i've given up that goal many a times in our life i actually hated that shot. <laughs> yeah doesn't mean doesn't mean it should go in though right like, no pro- no yeah it should not have gone in but <laughs> probably because i just said
0: like, it was I just didn't want that shot. It's probably why it went in so much. Yeah, exactly. You're you're
2: you're fighting it. Um, so yeah, I think Bobrovsky is I I texted you you earlier than last week. I said it on the solo podcast. Like I'm a I'm a Bobrovsky apologist. I have been forever. Um definitely one of my favorite goalies of like all time. So I've always thought he was good. I just he's been made he just you give
0: him ten million dollars in South Florida. I'm just you I'd probably do the same thing, I'll be honest with you. I'd be on the beach. Like yeah. At least he shows up with a red click, I'd be on the beach for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't even go to practice. Anyways, what was the real topic? Well, it wasn't a real topic. One of the topics you want to talk about that you've been getting asked, actually, I've been getting asked a lot too, but you've been getting asked a lot more um is how much skating and when should you start skating uh in the off season? And so it is May, early May. Uh, a lot of tryouts AAA tryouts A AA tryouts There should be finishing up Single A yeah. and, and Ontario. Ontario Single A Should be starting Or finishing Depending on where you are Yep uh, So Ben When talking to goalies Goalie parents uh, Let's talk about Minor hockey goalies We won't get into junior and pro uh, But minor hockey goalies what, What's the time frame For returning
2: to the ice and And how often Should you be skating So there's a few things I want to just Lay out there That I think are really important off the bat here one we you hear this all the time uh about how the importance of being a multi-sport athlete I've talked about it Jamie's talked about it lots of people talk about it you hear it a lot in other sports football basketball where they you know the athletes have played multiple sports their whole lives and that's what makes them such incredible athletes um and now it's really bad to only play one sport I want to make it really clear that it's not really bad to only play one sport it's really bad to not give yourself appropriate time off um and not allow yourself to have a good balance and explore other things. So it first of all, if you're a parent and or you're a young goalie and you only play hockey, you love hockey, that's all you played, you don't need to feel bad. You can only play hockey during the whole year. It's fine. You're not gonna explode. But it does lead into what the summer should look like. And what the summer should look like is I think for for younger goalies, you should still definitely skate. So um you you definitely don't need to just take the whole summer off hockey or take two months off hockey. Uh, I think it's really important to keep skating a little bit during the year. And this is not because of goalie coaching paying my income. It's, it's how you actually still want to make progress mm-hmm. and you still want to ensure you're going. So I always say for younger goalies, um, definitely take some time off after tryouts, whether it's two weeks, whether it's a month, whether it's six weeks, it might look like it. It also depends on what your parents are doing. It also depends on what other sports you play in the summer. But I think most goalies, if you can get on the ice once a week, up to one to two times a week starting in kind of middle to end of June and then through July and August I think you're going to be coming into to this season refreshed and not feel like you're doing too much and you still had lots of time to make progress you gotta again balance that with your other schedule uh, I think as you get older maybe we said we weren't going to talk about junior but like as you even get older in minor hockey for those depending where you live right like a, a 15 16 year old season in the U.S. looks really different than a 15 16 year old season looks like in um, Ontario Right. We might have goalies who play Minnesota High School hockey, we might have goalies who played uh prep school hockey, right? Where those seasons look really different and kind of the scouting process looks really different there. But going into it, the the basic way that I would summarize it is take some time off after tryouts. But I would recommend skating at least once a week, um, or on average once a week over a summer. Uh, Because you don't want to just take three months off. I actually really strongly think that's probably not a good thing. There's a really big argument around injury prevention and goaltending that talks about goalies taking too much time off and then jumping right back into the season and trying to catch up with that. So, Jamie, I just rambled for four minutes. It's the solo podcast all over again.
0: Solo podcast, you're just
2: so used to it now. But uh, I I
0: would agree. So, like like what Ben said, so when tryouts are over, uh, take a period of time off the ice, whether that's two weeks, three weeks, up to a month um after that again once a week should should be enough until closer to you know late july early august when you start start to skate two to three times um you know we've talked about how how we don't want everyone skating like crazy you'll just see a lot of people will sign up for spring team and spring travel team and then goalie coaching and skills and all these things for us like i, I think like we used to do it the right way for the most part well right way in our mind Um, where we would just go to on ice and we do a goalie session once a week and and then maybe we'd hop on and do like a three out three league once a week as well so you're getting two times on the ice one's goalies once trying to playing it wasn't it wasn't too much and then when it comes to you know sport specificity there's a lot of research showing that playing one sport you know can lead to overuse injuries and all these things but also we have to take into account that hockey is a very expensive sport and so if you're playing if you only have a choice between playing ones like hockey only because that's what you can afford financially then it's okay don't feel like you're going to get injured what we're looking for is that you know when you're not playing hockey you're going and playing outside you're doing different things you're playing soccer with friends baseball with friends volleyball cricket whatever you want to play with friends you know that's giving you that that diversity of sport not you don't have to be rep league baseball travel soccer yeah. that's not what we're looking for we're just looking for going and playing different activities all the time and that also includes you know like not playing video games all the time going outside playing with their friends, playing road hockey you know playing as a player at road hockey rollerblade like all these different things yeah. are to make you just a better athlete overall and so i think that that's really important um and so doing away from that when structuring kind of returns to ice uh for a healthy individual Mm -hmm. uh usually we use return to sport for for injured people so i gotta get that mindset out but we're returning back to the ice you're taking three weeks off you're starting to get back in the swing of things what kind of how should your skating be structured what are you looking for like what you know what, what what does that kind of look for you like for ben
1: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well
2: Yeah, so the way I planned it for it, right, and this is, we'll say this is targeted to pretty much everyone after they take time off, but this looks not too different from our 19-year-old junior guys to our 11-year-olds who took a few weeks off after trials, right? Uh, we always, I would always recommend, and this is not different than most training in general, but like a decent amount of skating and getting kind of easing back into those positions, right? So I had a conversation with a couple of our guys who took a few weeks off, we're getting back into it, and I was like, hey, for this first 15 minutes of skating, don't give me, you know, 30 hard 100 percent snapping butterflies don't fly into your posts at 100 percent. like ease into those positions again because as much as you want to try and improve things off the ice you're not butterflying at home in your gear and we also don't want you to do that let's make that clear unless you have like a really specific stretching thing that you're really working on and even then like i'd recommend consulting someone who can help you do that but like us um but the thing there is right like when you take time off of goaltending because there is so many specific movements involved you don't just want to fly in rush into it a thousand percent because there's it's, it's different right it's the same idea as that if you took a month off from sprinting you didn't sprint for a month and then you just get out on the track and you just sprint a hundred percent right you're gonna, gonna bojax in your hamstring yeah you're gonna feel terrible right i think yeah. there's probably some people listening who haven't sprinted in general in a long time
0: Kind oh of that that's me. I, I sprinted the other day, and I was I felt like a bambi on ice. I was like, I need to start sprinting
2: more. Oh yeah, and that's like that's one of the best analogies. I think I think I find parents understand that one really well because sometimes I'm like, hey, when's the last time you sprinted? And they're like, uh. yeah. And I'm like, that's the situation here, right? You're you're if you take a month off, don't expect, and you just go into sorry, you go into a training session. Don't expect that to be a hundred percent high intensity training session. It would be a disservice if that was the case right because you haven't butterflied in a month so your hips kind of get away from that position right we always talk about the butterfly is not a dangerous position but it's certainly not super natural to the way that our body wants that our body is designed to move doesn't mean we can't do it doesn't mean we can't handle doing a lot of it it's just not something that we naturally do positionally on a day-to-day basis which means taking time off away from that our body stops being used to that position for a little bit. Right. So the first yeah. butterflies are, are going to be long. So more skating, lighter skating. Yeah. And then as this, and then as you get back into it, you pick it up and pick it up. And then things should start peaking towards the end of August. Yeah. And
0: I like it. You, usually for most goalies, the thing that goes the first after time off is eyes and tracking. Oh, yeah. For me, you know, the skating and stuff, but I keep it simple. So I like to have one to two shot drills. Yep. Um, a lot of skating leading up to that shot so it's a lot of for those that have been skating with me this week will know we're doing a lot of post to post out move move back single shot you have all your rebound and for me i just want to emphasize the tracking getting good movements getting good habits you know we're gonna have another 20 30 plus ice sessions before the season starts like we will ramp up the intensity you know, or are your training programs will be, tw- you know, start from once a week, and they'll have that pre-camp program. Where you're skating twice, twice a day, or a couple times a week. You know, you, you you don't have to go all in from the start. You know, this is when the time you should be focusing on, you know, your strength conditioning, your playing different sports, your general mm-hmm. physical preparedness. Don't worry about diving across backdoor saves. Like it's it's not about that. It's about feeling good. You can address some things maybe that you're weak on or early in the summer so that once you get to those more game-like situation-type practices towards the end of August, um, you've addressed those weaknesses, but don't don't think you need, to, you need to pick up exactly where you left off at the end of last season.
2: Yeah, and one thing to add to that, which I think is really important to understand, is when you take time off hockey and take time off goalie training, your first few sessions back, you are going to feel exhausted, and your response, oh, yeah. and your response should not be, "Oh, I got to get back to running more. I got to get back to doing more long distance cardio." Very different things, very different energy systems uh, for how you're training, right? And that's not to say if you're somebody who likes to run as a, as a goalie, go run, go at it. no I stop stopping run. you. Running running is really good for you in general; it's a healthy thing. But don't expect um, running seven k's or you know five miles to really improve how you feel in a. Repeated six second goalie drill right yeah and it's and the thing as serious I was guilty of that you know i i
0: admittedly definitely trained too hard uh in the off season overtrained recovered for sure yep um and then I would just kill myself doing three hundreds two 400 sprints assault bikes, everything, and then I get on the ice, and because it's so different and the only thing that gets you in shape for playing hockey the but the, well, not the only thing the best thing to get you in shape for playing hockey is playing or hockey yeah uh i would be so frustrated i would always think i'm so out of shape and i have to understand that it's like no the reason that you're exhausted after an hour straight of skating is because this is the first time you skated for an hour straight all week or in the last month like it, it it is okay you're going to as the season progresses and as the summer progresses you are going to change your body is going to adapt it's okay you know, as long as the the metrics you're trying to hit off the ice you're hitting them and surpassing them, you will get it will translate onto the ice,
2: yeah, agreed. the other thing I want to talk about, and people are always curious like what progression should look in the summer. uh you and I've talked about this before, but I think kind of how we got to our style of training towards again when both of us were in college and then you were out of college, I think that's kind of when we figured it out what worked best for us and that's definitely a process that's going to be a little bit different for everyone i know that for me where i found my greatest success was in the summer um when i was only playing hockey i was playing university it'd be like one goalie power skating session so i didn't touch a puck just went out and skated for 30 45 minutes depending on kind of schedule and then one goalie session and then maybe again a here and there four and four three and three kind of just pick up thing um (laughs) But it, it can be just that, right? So I've had some parents ask about goalie power skating. Um, I'm a huge believer in it. I'm a big fan of it. We offer it. I know that we make an effort to offer it with our coaching because I think it's really beneficial. But I wanted to hear kind of your thoughts on it as someone who played, as someone who's coaching, and your use of it too.
0: Yeah, I'm I, big believer in it. It depends on what you're doing. So it also depends on your skill level. So I I have found that typically when a goalie learns to like T-push, shuffle, butterfly, slide, once they get to that like 14-15 range, they tend not to progress until you start to do a lot more down skating, dynamic skating, edge work stuff. So that's how I would structure my skating for older players, Mm -hmm. uh, for younger kids. Just learning to, I guess, like quote unquote, look like a goalie when they skate is what i spend most of my time with but again a lot of it comes down to resources and stuff do you have to do it no if you're able to and you can afford it and you're somewhere where it's offered yes or if you're able to discount stick and puck for five bucks go put your gear on i a lot of my remote goalies do that and send me videos and it's perfect because they just take a little piece of the ice and they do their edge work drills for 30 minutes and they get off and it's great um so don't there's nothing wrong with that don't feel like you're you're repeating but or even like some people will go to an actual power skating coach in just their goalie skates yeah i'm i'm all for that just because you're 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 doing player quote-unquote movements you're still learning how to use your edge you're still learning to control your balance and stuff and that and that is the most important part so i i yes i i tend to tend to support goalie power skating as long as it's not pushing you over the edge of of doing too much you're not filling up your bucket with too much too much stuff and that it's if you're not You shouldn't be going to exhaust yourself. This isn't a conditioning session. This is a skill building session with a little bit of cardio built into it.
2: Yeah, that's an important Mm -hmm.
0: distinction too, right? Like, A lot of time we'll we'll, we'll be like goalie power skating and we're just going to push, 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 (laughs) push, 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 push. Well, no, because anyone can push hard, but now you're sloppy and you're getting bad habits power if i'm taking the time to power skate and taking the money to power skate, like, i want to learn to be better i want someone to watch my edges i want someone to make sure my body my techniques and mechanics are good so uh i, I think there needs to be more of an emphasis on that but also like everyone tries to do, do too much and, and we were so guilty of it too oh yeah and i, used to do, I mean i was and it's it's not, like I, I get it like if you're paying if you're paying 200 dollars for the hour session like you want the most bang for your buck i get that so you wanna have tracking game like cardio strength, you whatever. You want it all in one. But the reality is it's it is best to just focus on one one or two things. Because if you try to do if you try to do everything, you end up doing nothing. So it's it's really it's it's hard. I get it. I can see why a lot of parents and goalies will think that way, but it's just best to have a singular or at least a double focus going into that
2: session. Yeah, and that's something that everyone wants that, right? It's the same idea. as like if you're not sore the next day after a workout, you didn't work hard enough. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're not exhausted after a goalie session, you didn't work hard enough. It's, it's more complicated. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it drives me crazy. You say.
2: <laughs> right, but again, it's it's all part of the process, and if, if a few people can appreciate that you don't need to feel that way after goalie training or an off-ice workout, that's a benefit, right? Some of the best training sessions, again, are, you know, you add your hour with your goalie coach and 30 minutes you spend talking on stuff, right? Yeah. And I think oh, that yeah. that's how things progress as you get older. And so if you're a younger goalie listening or a parent of a goalie listening, and you're like, wow, that our goalie coach definitely seems like they're talking a lot like They're not even stopping pucks. It's on purpose, right? Like so much of that is trying to understand all the complexities around, um, a, a reactive position like goaltending, right? Yeah. After a certain point, right? You said it, Jamie. You know how to tee push. You know how to catch box. You know how to butterfly slide, right? So much of it is okay. What if this happens? What's the application? What do we do then? What's the situation here? And we said this in a previous podcasts. If you don't have a five versus five team on the ice, you can't simulate that stuff. And there will never, there probably will never be a situation where goalie coaches get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. where we can specifically work with a goalie with a five-on-five situation that's being controlled from the goalie perspective you know that i'm saying it out loud though that sounds awesome like imagine when a team's doing a power play but instead of the coach blowing it down because the power play is not right the goalie coach blows it down they're, like they didn't like, like, like the read on the low to high bumper
0: imagine. oh i get i'd just give anything to be able to blow down whistles in like a <laughs> team practice their practice would never continue it would just be a six-hour practice
2: I just look. I said this out loud, and now this is all I want. It's like actually, we're gonna do a PK drill. Um, but it's it's the goalie, that's control. Well, us. you know what? Now that I, say, I think
0: we could set that up because you could do both. You could right. ha- you could work PP PK and the goalie version of it, and like have an iPad out there, go it, and then after the, you know when the, when the rebound puck gets cleared or whatever. You can call it down. Each, you know, your PK coach, PP coach, and the goalie coach all talk to their respective groups, watch the video back, and
2: oh, I like that. That's
0: good. That's a good idea. Bad. I'm taking that. That's my idea.
2: <laughs> and that's why we record these things. But yeah, I think that's I think that'd be a fun progression. But I wanted to just kind of to throw that in there, right? Like that's the reason there's so much talking is because the conversations goalie coaches should be having with goalies on the ice is like, okay, you made a great save on that play on this simulation, right? Um, and they go okay well what happens if if that was the read instead right and then you have to talk it through and walk it through right like i had a discussion say one of our older goalies on like five degree angle difference of his back leg in an rb and like where that would lead to taking him on a quick net drive bump out to the top of the crease on like a quick one hitter and run mm-hmm. right and it's like hey if your foot's too sharp you don't cover the far side quick enough, right? You cover the short yeah. side longer, but you give up the far side, mm. right? And it's like, we didn't need to do 14 reps to get to that, but we needed to talk about positioning and, and how we entered the post, right? Yeah, and I, I I, agree.
0: And, you know, as we're coming to the end, like I enjoy those sessions where it's me, you know, the reason I wear coaching knee pads is so I can get on the ice, I can show and I can hinge, and I can push and I can see, like, does this make sense to you guys? And they look at me like blank eyed, like, okay, doc, say it again what are you trying to do and then just breaking it down and making sure that the goalie's actually understand or registering what i'm saying because again like i can go out and shoot pucks at someone's chest it doesn't mean they're going to get better or smarter but if we have a discussion and they can answer my questions when i ask them back that's when i know like hey they they've
2: got something out of this and so i want to wrap this up jamie just by really saying I've lost all feeling on the inside of my knees. I don't wear goalie knee pads, and I can now officially butterfly on the ice without oh, anything. Oh, no. that's yeah. actually wild. I I've yeah. So I I full butterfly the other day. I was sliding around today. No issues. No knee oh, pads. You're, you're Yeah. No. It's it's deeply concerning that I've lost like the sensation in the inside of my knees. So for those who need to know, uh, Jamie wears knee pads. I uh, am built tougher. It's just that simple
0: i actually never once claimed to be tough. (laughs) Ever. Like, I'll tell people I am the softest
2: person out there. But it's soft because you're a nice person and a compassionate and empathetic person too. And on that note, Jamie, I think that's all we got for today. Um, I hated plugging all the things last week, so can you do it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Big social media guy. Uh, Give us a like, follow, uh, five, well, review us, Hopefully, five stars on Please Spotify, watch Spotify, yeah, yeah. Spotify, iTunes. We've had Ben has been talking, keeping track of the stats, and the podcast is growing. And actually, a lot of people I talk to really like it and really enjoy it. So, for those listening, just thank you guys. I know we don't have fancy sponsors or any presenting sponsors other than Resilient Hockey and occasionally my Patreon, <laughs> but we really enjoy this, and I'm we're really, really, truly happy that parents and goalies get value out of it and are able to to listen and, and come up and create a dialogue or answer some questions that they have and we' as long as we're able to, we're gonna keep on doing this because we're just happy that people are listening and that we're able to support the goalie community and and you know bring a little bit of uh experience and evidence to to the position.
2: As always, if you have topics for us to discuss or things you want us to break down a little bit more detail you can find both of us on instagram that's probably the easiest place to find us uh sometimes we respond sometimes we don't it's a bit of a hit or miss but messages we, on our personal accounts that uh, usually better always a better bet uh and then last thing as always right one thing i just want to say before we go we when people ask us specific topics like what's the evidence on this we when there isn't evidence, we're just gonna say it out. We're gonna say it yeah, out cleanly. Yeah. So we're not gonna be here to to promote anything that doesn't have some support back end. And so if we respond to some messages saying, hey, like we'd love to talk about that, but there's just nothing for us to talk about there, that's why. We're not trying to be dismissive of anything that anyone's saying. It's just that we don't wanna just go out in a limb and put our opinions out there unnecessarily if we if there you know, we think there's more validity. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So in the future, we'll keep doing that. But for now, Jamie. We'll see you next time. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino
0: from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.